Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. I have an unbelievable lady joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. She has her own business. She is a Legal Shield director. And so we'll get into that, how she's helping folks all over the place protect themselves and, and get access to, to legal products and things like that. They don't have to have an attorney for it. So she does that. But she has got a powerful story that I wanted to share with you today. And she is joining me from, this is how great this is. I'm in Barbersville, West Virginia. She is in Hartford, Connecticut. And she says to me before we start recording, you have a wonderfully thick accent. I do not apologize one bit for it. Lisa Jamison joins me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Lisa, how are you today? Are you are you enamored with the accent or does it turn you off a little bit? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Most people yeah. don't know what to do with the West Virginia accent. They're like, oh, no. you know. No. I I I I'm I've heard that accent, of course, many times and and I like it. I have a brother-in-law who lives in Florida and uh He's, he's, his accent's even thicker than yours. <laughs> you know something that's, that's where the, you know, we, people here in West Virginia, you either go to Myrtle beach, South Carolina, or you go to Florida. So that's, it's, it's probably, there's a confluence there of, of some kind, but I am so glad you're joining me today on the intentional <laughs> Thank you. podcast. We're, we're going to get through the linguistics here. The, the, and I can't even say that right. Lingu <laughs> linguistics. Okay. Let's. You know, we, you know, just, just roll with it. Lisa, I got to start here with you real quick. What you do is so important in helping people, especially, you know, as, as things in a pandemic have gone, a lot of things that we have to do, we've not been able to do because some places right. in the country, things have been shut down for a long mm -hmm. period of time. Um, things that we would normally take for granted, we can't do. What have you seen? in the last year around your business that has been one of those aha moments? Like I didn't realize we were doing this to help people. Well, I mean, I do realize to the full extent how we help people, but the one thing that uh, has happened for legal shield um, is the fact that it's gotten, it's like doing enormous amount of work. It is, um, our clientele has risen exponentially because, you know, we are able to help people get a, a will. And that is one of the most major things right now because so many people are dying from the COVID that um, they're realizing they need to get their wills done. So they're finding out about Legal Shield um, because all of us um, associates are, are doing our best to get that word out there so that people know that they have that option without having to pay $1,200 or whatever. Were you surprised? I got to ask you this. Were you surprised at the number of people that suddenly found themselves maybe not having? Because for my wife and I, we'll be married 25 years this year. That was the one thing that when we first got married, she said, we are going to get a will done. Uh, my parents did not have a will. So when my dad mm -hmm. passed away, it was, yep. you know, and I've been pushing my mom, you got to get one done. And, and this COVID thing, this, this pandemic has pushed people for lack of a better term, kicking and screaming to have to do those things. Were you surprised at the number of people that did not have those things in place that reached out to you? Yes and no. I mean, I know that um, about 70% of the population don't have a will. So I'm not surprised about that. Um, or I am, no, I'm not surprised about that. But yes, I am a little bit more surprised that more people have, you know, come to me and other associates too, um, that it's grown so exponentially. One thing that's great is we don't have to get out there and meet people in person. We're able to do everything. Legal Share was prepared to, to do everything online, which, which was great. 
there was no hiccups at all in this business. And uh, it's just one of those businesses that has grown. That's a stunning statistic to me because it, it, it floors me that 70% of the United States population does yep. not have a will, their last will and testament. How they're, because I can remember, and again, Lisa, I'll share something with you from a personal experience. When my dad died, my dad died suddenly. I, again, a lot like people that are, are doing with COVID-19. They're going in the hospital and, yeah. and it's deteriorating rapidly for them. Now, now, thank God millions have had it. They've recovered. We're grateful for that. But when, when my dad passed away suddenly, I we had no idea, you know, what he wanted for a funeral, what he my my dad was very averse to talking about stuff like that. He thought he was gonna live a long time. And but but we were just so unprepared for that finality of and and then having to 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 get a death certificate and do that. And, and I don't, yep. I don't want to, I don't want to be morbid or park here to me. When you're talking about that, I'm thinking back in my mind to eight years ago of all the difficult things that my family and I had to do that had we been more prepared, it would have been a lot easier to execute. Why right. do you think people are not prepared as well as they should be in your experience? What are you seeing as the, as the lack of preparation in people that, you know, because again, 70% don't have a will. Why is that? Well, we were guilty of that until <laughs> about five years ago when I found out about Legal Shield. But um, a lot of it has to do with the cost, I believe, because usually a will, if you want to get a really good will, it's going to cost you $1,200. And if you have a child, or children with disabilities, it's going to cost you more like $2,400 to get a will. And with us, if, if you know, it, our plan covers a whole family. And the fact is, both parents can get a will, and a year's membership only comes to just over $300. It's like, it's a no-brainer. Lisa, I got to share something with you. I have a 20-year-old okay. son, and he comes to me one day. This is, this is, my son has... In, in a lot of ways, he has my sense of humor. He comes to me one day, comes to me in the kitchen. He puts his arm around me. He says, Dad. I said, yeah. He said, I wish you a long, happy, and prosperous life until August 12, 2042. And I said, <laughs> August 12, 2042. He said, yeah, August 12, 2042. He said, that's the day before you turn 70. And Mom told me your life insurance decreases the day you turn 70, your life insurance goes down in value. He said, so I just want you to live a long and prosperous life until then, because he knew he was going to be the recipient of, of, he was going to be a beneficiary at my death if something happened. So he was preparing like, you know what, dad, I want to spend a lot of time with you. I hope you're well until that day. And when that day comes, you know, we just, you just go peacefully. You just run to the light, dad, just, just <laughs> run to the light. So but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Kids, you know, there's nothing like it, but you know, Lisa, that's a great point. A lot of people have found themselves and you would think in this, in this information age that we're in, mm -hmm. you would think it would be so easy to find out how to get these things and do these things. And I'm still, what you gave me was that startling statistic. I'm still wrapping my mind yep. around that concept and that thought process. When you end up connecting with clients, I've got to go here for just a minute. When you end up connecting with clients and they find that out and they reach out to you and go, this happened to a, a neighbor of mine or this, what's the typical reason that ends up pushing people to get this done? Is it that they find themselves caught short or is it they know someone that got, got caught short? What, what do they tell you as the impetus for why they reach out? You know, they really don't say, they just say that I need to get my will done. But, you know, I've also heard a lot of people, more, more than not, say, I really need to get my will done. And then that's it. You know, you just, they don't do it. 
I, I have uh, customers that, that uh, have it and I'm constantly talking to them, get your will done, get your will done. And they're, they're not doing it. Some of these people, and it's, it's frustrating because they say, well, I don't have any time. I, I just don't understand having no time at all yeah. because you do. And I don't care who you are. You have time to do your will because when you're dead, you won't have time. And, you know, they should be thinking of it as last love letter to their family because they are actually preparing their family to, you know, be able to, you know, do what, what they need to do. They're not going to be guessing at what they have to do. If something happens to somebody and they can't speak for themselves, they need a will with a healthcare yes. power of attorney and we do it all. And it just, it's so important. And you know, and, and this is gonna be a little bit in my story as well, um, just a little bit um, because of uh, one of the things that happened in my story, but, um, but yeah, and it doesn't matter how young you are, you definitely need a will. Well, and I love what you said there. There's two things I want to park around real quick is people being moved to action, but not taking action. They, they see the need and, and, and I've been in sales a long time. So, so it's, it's, you know, it, it, sales, a lot of people say, well, it's getting people to, to need what they want. And a lot of times people go, I know I need to do this, but there's, yep. there's a re there's a difference in being moved to action and taking action. And you said it so beautifully. It's the last love letter that you can send to your family that yes. tells them this is, this is what I would like to see carried out. Mm -hmm. I would like to do this. Um, if you can. I'm just curious about something and, and you may not be able to share it or not. What was the most unusual thing that you saw in a person's will? If, if you can share it, if you can't, no, no worries. I don't see their will. I'm not an attorney. Okay. Cause yeah. I have in my, as soon as I have in my will, I told my wife, I said, one of my wishes at my funeral is that when, when the service is over and everything's said and done, cause I, I like, food and fellowship. I tell people when they close the casket, just throw a, a, a tablecloth over it, put some chafing dishes out. And everybody can have dinner on me. <laughs> that's, that is my last, that is that, that's my last love letter to my friends and family. <laughs> Eat, drink, drink at non-alcoholic beverages like iced tea and, and Coke zero and things like that. Eat, drink, and be merry. And tell good stories about me. Let's step that aside. And take, yeah, let's step aside. Take a quick <laughs> break. Back in a moment here on the Intentional Encourager Podcast. Hey, everybody. Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. You had a break? Yeah, back on the Intentional <laughs> Encourager podcast here with Lisa Jamison. And uh, yeah, we had a moment of levity. So we're having a moment of levity. And then Lisa's going to get into her extremely riveting story for you guys. And and so, uh, again, I forgive me for being a little silly there, Lisa. I, I apologize. But, <laughs> you know, it, might, it, it reminded me of a, a funny joke. 
<laughs> Please go. Yes, yes. We we enjoy. Go ahead, Lisa. The floor is yours. Anytime you have a joke to bring to the Intentional Gerger podcast, the floor is yours. Go ahead. What did Mozart do before he 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 was a composer? What or did, after he was a composer? No. <laughs> what did Sorry. Mozart do after he was a composer? I give up. That fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh he, my decom- uh, he decomposed. He did. <laughs> I said th- I said that wrong. What did Mozart do after he died? That's what I meant to say. What did Mozart? I'm writing this down. What did Sorry. Mozart do after, after he, died? he died? He decom after he died. He decomposed. <laughs> that is great. He decomposed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I learned that so long ago. That's like oh, 20 my years goodness. ago. Oh, no, that that was good, Lisa. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> no, that again, levity. And I say this. Humor is a part of giving intentional encouragement because it opens the mind. When people <laughs> laugh, they're more open to receive encouragement. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. I, I love that. Thank you for doing that. Let's dive into your story. You have got a river. You reached out to me and you said, Brian, I've got to tell my story. And I'm like, Lisa, this is the place for you to do it. I want to tell your story. So take us as far back as you want to take us into your incredibly powerful story. Oh, boy, you know, this, <laughs> this, this isn't going to be easy either. Um, I, I want to tell a story about how um, my husband and I became um, Christians. Our our son, who is now 41 years old, um, and he has, he's married and he has four beautiful children that we absolutely love more than anything. But when he was in college, we were not believers. And I, you know, I had seen so much hypocrisy in my life um, that it just wasn't funny. You know, my mother, she had claimed to be a Christian and she was far from it. And it just really turned me off. I mean, she was just ridiculous. But in college, my son met this, this girl that was absolutely amazing. And her name was Candace. I'm not going to say any last names, but she, her name was Candace. And he went to college in Maine. He went to UMF and he met her, I believe it was his third year out of five. Um, cause he changed his major in the last year. So he, he was there an extra year, but, um, she, they, this was, oh my gosh, they got married. They ended up getting married uh, in July, July 10th of 04. Okay. January 10th of 05, she was killed in a car accident. And um, it was, it was really, really hard because, you know, um, my husband and I loved her so much. And she was just, she displayed Christianity like you, you just wouldn't believe. She, she was just so, she was bubbly, um, yeah. fun to be with, funny. Um, Lisa, was, could, that the, was that the first time in your life? Because I, I've been in a similar situation. My dad died suddenly. Was that the first time in your life that you or your family had ever had a sudden loss like that. It is so jarring when you get that phone call. Was that the first time you had been through something like that? Like that? Yes. It's, there's no, there's, it's happened to me twice. Uh, My, my, the guy was my best man in my, my wedding died of a pulmonary embolism. Uh, My, my father, well, my, my cousin, I had a cousin that died suddenly. Um, of a heart issue and my father died and but it was it was more jarring when it was when it's that personal when it's a a father mother sister brother daughter-in-law 
son-in-law, something like that. It's absolutely jarring. Take me through the emotions of that day, getting the phone call that you got. Where were you? What, what, what was going through your mind at that time? I was here at home and um, I was getting ready to go to, to an appointment. And this, this was, you know, of course, January 10th of 05. And it was my son. And he said, Mom, Candace has been in an accident. And I said, is she going to be okay? He said, I don't know. But I need you to come. So. And, and let, me, let me bring some perspective there, if I can. And I don't mean to interrupt you. When your kids hurt, when your yes. kids are going through something like that, it it jars your world because I, I I saw how my adult parents loved me through some things that jarred nothing like that. Let me be very clear. But I have seen my parents how how they loved me as their adult child. And now he's saying to you. Mom, I need you to come. Um, I cannot imagine a mother, you know, and, and you try to explain fathers like myself, we don't carry babies for nine months. Like moms carry babies for nine months. Your baby boy reaches out to you. Take me through what you're thinking at that moment. Are you just trying to, to get your things together and get to him? Is that kind of where you were at in that? that point in your process? Yes. My husband was at work and I, I worked too full time, but I was on family medical leave because of my other son, which is another whole story. But a lot of that happened at the same time, which was even worse. But, um, I called my husband at work. They mind you, Scott, my son, Scott was, um, in Maine and that was a four and a half at that time, about four and a half hours a trip. And so my husband was, he came barreling home. He got home in 20 minutes and it usually takes a little longer. I, meanwhile, I packed two sets of clothes and the toiletries and, and out the door we were, and we got there in three hours. Thank God we weren't stopped by a cop. But, um, when we got there, I remember all the friends in the family were sitting downstairs in the room. We passed them going down the hall and uh, then we went into the room where, you know, her family was, you know, and of course everybody's crying and um, the doctor was talking to them at that time and telling us that, that um, she had no, no response in her brain and that they were doing an apnea test to see if she would stop breathing, but they were waiting for her temperature. I can't remember if it was to rise or, or lower before they could do that. And this at the time was probably about four o'clock in the afternoon. And cause this happened on her way to work. And, um, so we did go and see her and her body was all swollen. And, you know, we went, we went back, you know, and my, and her mother, you know, had put her arm around my son and said, Scott, there's no sense in keeping her alive. She was giving him permission to, to let them pull the plug if they needed to. And they did need to. So, I mean, I thought that was amazing because that was around the time of the Terry Schiavo case. Um, just before the Terry Schiavo case. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes. So, um, you know, he was very fortunate because she, if she had not, if she had lived, she would have been a vegetable and it would have been unfair to my son. And it was just, you know, it was just unbelievable. You saw in that moment, and I want to go here for just a second. You saw in that moment, you're the mother of her son-in-law. She's the mother of your daughter-in-law. And, and you're, you being a mother obviously full of empathy, just, just your heart's breaking because you love this girl mm -hmm. as your own. 
Yep. And you watch this this interaction take place between your son and his mother-in-law. What went through your mind and, and through your heart at that moment? Watching watching that, being a mo- mother yourself, and watching your son now going through this. Take me take me through that moment because you mentioned that moment for a reason. I don't think you mentioned that moment if it wasn't poignant in what you saw in, in the story of what your son went through. I thought it was so unconditional love that she really cared about my son too. And she just, she just, she just got it. You know, she really got it. I mean, they were Christians too. We were new Christians, brand new. We had just accepted Christ just a few months before that. And it was just, uh, I just thought it was amazing. You know, I mean, because her daughter was gone. You know, and she was able to, to uh, you know, think clearly enough to show my son that she really cared. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know just, exactly what you mean. So... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, Scott makes the decision. Scott, your son makes the decision to go ahead and, and take his, take his wife off life support. She, she passes away. She was brain dead. So yeah, she, he, but again, making an incredibly, incredibly tough decision. Take me through after that. What, what happened? Because your son is newly married, been married a year. No, six months to the six, day. Six months to the day. Forgive me, six months to the day. Take me through the aftermath of that, of, 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 of what happened after that with, with Scott. Um, well, after that, we were there when he talked to the New England Donor Bank. And, you know, we had, he had to make sure that um that all of her organs get used um and that nothing be used for cosmetic reasons and so he he um that you know going to the next day he got a call at six o'clock in the morning and he had to run to the hospital really quick because they had a um somebody for the for her heart and so he went down there and, um, you know, the, the, the aftermath is one of the, the biggest things. It's a bittersweet, but something really wonderful happened in our lives because of it as well. And God worked in so many different ways that we saw right away that I don't know if that many people do. Um, Oh gosh, <laughs> it's kind of hard. Just I'm getting emotional, but um, he he had went to the hospital and you know he had to sign some papers because you know they they had somebody you know to take her heart. And when we when we, when we first got to me, we stayed over at um, his aunt's her aunt's house. But then um, this she. What was it? Her, Candace's parents knew somebody that that were were missionaries, and they were actually in China at the time, and they were selling their house in the town next door, and it was a huge house, and they offered it to us. Wow! They offered to have us stay there, and this house. It was a huge house. It was able to sleep twenty people because it was so big and the house was the, the name of the street was called Lord's way. I maybe it's ridiculous, but, and at nighttime, when we would go back there, there was a little shack on the side of, on the, on the side of the road that had a light, just one light bulb. You know what I mean? Can, can you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. And 
Yes. And it was like, it was unbelievable. We, we, we were there for like, I don't know, four or five nights and all of, all of Scott and Candace's friends came the next, the, the first morning we were there, uh, the pastor at his church bought so much food that we just didn't know what to do with it all. It was, it was amazing how everything happened. This was in Winthrop, Maine. And his friends, they took care of cleaning up, doing everything. We didn't have to do anything except to just take it easy and think and talk and, you know, stuff like that. And they had brought sleeping bags for all of his friends. They had this huge, great room in the house and all of his friends got to sleep there. We didn't have to worry about doing laundry. They're like, we'll do everything for you. You know, it was just like unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, <coughs> over at, his, at her parents' house, restaurants were, were bringing them meals. And the day, the night of her wake, or the afternoon or night of her wake, a couple of her friends, they drove people to the wake. Another one of her friends, their, her parents spent all day making food and all, all family and close friends got to go to that house, eat dinner, and were driven back to the church. And then when, when we were doing the night session, somebody came up to me and says, is there anything that you need? And I said, well, I don't think we have enough stuff for people to drink because more, even more people are going to be staying, coming and staying, you know, people that came up from Connecticut. And so I, I, you know, that and like, you know, chips and stuff like that. Well, I'll tell you, when I got back to my truck, everything was there that we needed. And it, everything was just amazing. That whole entire town just, just came together and really helped out. And it was amazing. Even, even the person that she was in the accident with, who it was not anybody's fault, she slipped on black ice and got hit from an oncoming car. And it was nobody's fault. That other person was not hurt. He was 19. She was 22. And he's, gonna, he's probably feeling guilty about that, even though it was not his fault. But his parents and him had sent flowers and a card. Um, you know, that poor kid. Um, but, you know, more amazing is the events that followed that. Is, is what I'm, you know, kind of what I'm leading up to. The thing about that was we were coming, we were going to church in Bloomfield, Connecticut. We still are. Mm -hmm. Can't imagine going to church anywhere else. And I'm just trying to get my thoughts here. It's yeah, just, let's, take uh, a, let's take a quick break, Lisa, and we'll come right back. The, folks, you're going to want to stay tuned for the rest of this. Back in a moment on the Intentional Courage Podcast. Hey, everybody. Brian Sexton. I want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People. Ten powerful people lessons from the ultimate people person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew. And he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger, deeper, and more powerful connector, you've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up. Kindle, if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of People Buy From People. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Hey, 
back here on the Intentional Encourager podcast with Lisa Jameson, and and she is just telling an unbelievably remarkable story about her son and the loss that he suffered and their family suffered six months after he had gotten married. And so when we, when we, Lisa, before we went to break, we, we talked about the, um, the church you were going to in Bloomfield, Connecticut, that you had just joined. You just became a part of that church in Bloomfield, Connecticut, pick the story up from there and, and, and continue to tell this powerful story that you're telling. Well, you know, you know, when she was, when, when Candace was still alive, um, you know, my, my, well, actually my son went to, went to that church, um, you know, uh, God, when he would come home for the summer and he was in the church for several months and he ended up just, you know, not going back to that church because of the fact that, um, he was getting married. He wanted to, um, you know, be a part of planning the wedding, you know, his wedding. And, uh, he's the one that introduced us to this church because, you know, he went there. It was a great church. He loved it. And so that's the church that we went to, you know, we liked it when we started going and <clears throat> we were put into a life group there. And because they have a lot of life groups where people do Bible studies, you know, stuff like that. And this particular group, we had already been, we had already joined like maybe a month or two prior to that. And we'd meet once a week. And, um, you know, so we were, we, we really enjoyed it. We were doing actually John 13. That's where they were, you know, when we were doing that. And, um, the day, the day of her, um, wake, um, there were a couple of people that, you know, came from Connecticut that went to the funeral and it's just, oh my gosh, it's, it's just so much that happened that I know I'm going to be telling it, you know, getting mixed up with the, with, with some things. I'm sorry about that, but it's just, it's a lot. Um, the, the person whose house that we, you know, did our small group at, his, his um, wife, who ended up not coming to the funeral because she had other, other things that she had to do, she called me earlier in the day and she said that, you know, she wouldn't be able to come. But she, she told me that her sister, who lives in Maine, had been working with Candace's father for 30 years. What are the odds of that? Somebody in Connecticut who had a sister, you know, when she took, when she found that out, she had to call me and tell me, Hey, you know, my sister worked with, with, with her dad for 30 years. Okay. So, you know, her husband, Andy came to the funeral and he brought his sister-in-law who worked with, uh, my, with her father, um, to the, to the, uh, wake. And also a woman who was in our, another woman who was in our small group came to the, 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 uh, wake and the funeral and her son used to go to Wittenberry, but he was a missionary in Maine and my son and, and his wife, even before they got married, were, were running the IVCE on campus, wow. which is the campus Christian, mm -hmm. um, thing. And they knew her son. They already knew her son and he came and they hadn't seen each other in a long time that, I mean, all from one church. Okay. So this was just absolutely amazing. I thought plus, um, you know, in, when we were in that house for those few days, um, one, one of the, you know, his friends was telling me, uh, that she, she used to be a roommate of, um, of, uh, one of Scott's old girlfriends, believe it or not. <laughs> and she met her husband online and they were married and everything. And, uh, you know, Scott, you know, and Candace were in their wedding and, uh, you know, she was telling me that, um, 
so many connecting fibers there. It, it would ha it there had to be mind blowing to you that there were just so many connecting fibers because again, you know, I, I have to, in being a Christian a long time myself, you understand that God doesn't make a mistake. That was what my, my stepfather and now my stepfather told me the day my dad died and you can see God as you're telling the story, I can see the interweaving of your th four hours away. You live four hours away from where they were at, but yet there's so many connecting fibers that yes. just interwove together, interwoven together. Let me, let's fast forward just a, a bit to after her, her passing, her wake and things like that. Okay. How did, how did your, yeah. How did your son, how did your son recover? Because I don't know if you can ever recover from losing a spouse so early in a marriage, but, but take me to, to after everything happened with her wake and things like that. What was your son's life like after that? Well, he, um, he continued to live in the apartment that they were in. And one, one day he started drinking, you know, he's a Christian, but he was by himself and a newlywed or newlywed widower. And he has got these two friends, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're these two girls that absolute I mean, they were really close. I mean, him and Candace were really close. They all met together. Candace lived with these other two girls while, you know, before they got married. And they used to come and spend the night <laughs> once a week because they were just really close friends, okay? So this night that he was drinking, the other two girls, are, they're living together still. And he calls them up in the middle of the night. And tells them that he's drunk and that he's, he had been cutting himself. So one of them stayed on the phone with him while the other one got into a car and drove all the way to his apartment and, you know, to see if he was okay. And so of course, you know, she brought him to the hospital and he, when he was in the hospital, uh, her, her Candace's aunt, aunt, who was actually younger than her, actually tried to commit suicide. They were in the hospital at the same time. Um, she was a, a woman uh, or a young girl that, that just captured the hearts of everyone. She was amazing. You know, and, and his wife now is absolutely amazing. As a matter of fact, his wife now is one of those two girls, the one that went to, to this apartment. And they, every time they would come, Scott would come here, he would bring them with him, plus um, another friend of his, and they would spend the weekend here, and he never had, he, he was not alone. After that incident, his, uh, his in-laws took him in, and he lived there until the end of May when the lease ran up on his apartment. So he, he stayed with his in-laws. Now... Another thing that happened too was that he and Candace had planned to go to Madagascar for missionary work. And this was actually the year that the movie Madagascar came out, mm -hmm. but they ended up not going because of the fact that she died five days before they were endorsed to go on that trip. So everybody said, you know, maybe you should wait a year you know, before you go, but he did go the following January for six months. And he brought, he brought some of her ashes because he had spent time with his family spreading ashes and they all got some of her ashes. My son still has a little egg shaped urn mm -hmm. in the house. And, um, you know, and his wife now was one of her best friends and, um, he, he, uh, he scattered her ashes in a waterfall because that's what she wanted. That's what she would have wanted because she had mentioned that to him. 
mm-hmm. and she always wanted to go to Africa to do missionary work. So she did kind of get to go, but not not alive. But um, but yeah. So he did go on that trip, and um, he did end up getting married again. And his wife's name is Rebecca, and uh, they've been married now since August of '08. <laughs> And uh, they have just beautiful children. And, um, you know, I, I, but both my husband and I really feel that God put her into our lives to save us. And the things that happened after that were just amazing. Not just the fact that, that, you know, we were, we started going to this church uh, there were other people that were involved um, from here, from Connecticut to Maine. That was just unbelievable. The, the, the girl that I talked about before that met, met her husband online, and they were happily married, both Christians, and they were at that place that we were at, and this is what I was getting to before. The day um, on, on December 10th, that Scott and Candace were married for five months. And this friend of theirs, Donna, called, just happened to call Scott. And she was asking him how he was doing, you know, and everything. And he's like in a great mood. And he's like really great. She goes, what are you so happy about? She goes, well, Candace, Candace and I have been married for, for six months today. And she said, Scott, it hasn't been six months. It's only been five. No, sir. She goes, yes, listen to me. July to August to September to October to November. Oh, oh my God. He says, Candace, it hasn't been six months. We've only been married five months. She goes, what do you mean? God must have put that in their heads because they never got to celebrate their six-month anniversary. Wow. Because she was in the hospital dying. Wow. So they celebrated it. They went to dinner. They were, they were, you know, having a sip of champagne and he bought her a dozen roses and he was just, you know, the whole thing. I, God I, knew- yeah. Lisa, do you, you, we could go on for, for an we're for hours. We may have to pick up this at another time. I, I want to, I want you to share very quickly encouragement for somebody out there that may be going through an instance where they've lost someone we talked about with COVID-19 the the suddenness the urgency of life you know this you know this intimately through your son share with the folks some intentional encouragement around if they're facing that particular situation or it may be something that feels just like like life is has just been stripped away from them. Share with real quick. Share some intentional encouragement for somebody out there that may be listening. Things do eventually get better. It takes it can take a long time, but God really does help. I don't know where we would be today if it weren't if it weren't for God's love. He obviously. It was so obvious, um, all the things that happened, that God was in this and that she was meant to, to save, save us. And just trust him and um, stay, in, stay in his word and pay attention to things that he does because you will see them he does leave signs but you just have to look you just have to pay attention absolutely yeah um because he certainly did that for us it was so hard believe me it it was probably just as hard but i think that it would have been worse if if we weren't believers and we had a whole church family there for us and it was amazing it was absolutely amazing lisa i am 
beyond grateful, beyond humbled and honored that you would share that story with us. We have to have you back soon because I know there's more, but again, the constraints of time, Yeah, I have to leave it here. Yeah, we will we will do another podcast where you tell more layers of the, of the story because, again, it's very powerful. Um, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for choosing to tell your story here to this audience and um, what you have shown us today is that there is triumph that can come from tragedy and. Let me leave you with this. If you're walking through something that is bigger than you, there is hope. That's why we do this podcast is to bring as much intentional encouragement as we can. Lisa has just told you there is hope. There is encouragement. Tell folks how they can connect with you. I know people are going to want to connect with you once they hear your story. How can they connect with you? And just talk with you if, if they're go walking through this. I know you have a heart to help people. How can they connect with you and 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 reach out to you? Well, my um my email address is Lisa Jameson, and that's L-I-S-A-J-A-M-E-S-O-N 22 at gmail.com. And I don't know. Should I give my phone number? Um, we, we, they can connect with you on LinkedIn. I think you know <laughs> I, that's where I connected with you. And and again, um, if folks want to you know message her on LinkedIn or send her an email, I'm sure she can give uh, you her phone number so that you guys can connect personally. But again, Lisa, I am thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your story with us today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thank you. And thank you for having me on it. It was, it was really nice of you. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor, Matt Means. And of course the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll enjoy all the other episodes of the Intentional Encourager podcast, releasing each Tuesday and Friday. You can get those by subscribing wherever you get podcasts. Until next time, remember, anyone, anytime, any place, can be an intentional encourager.